0: Welcome to this episode of Ten Thousand Posts, the show about how everything is posting. My name is Hussain.
1: My name is Phoebe,
0: and we are joined this week by a returning champion once again, uh, Annie Kelly. Annie from QAnon Anonymous. Annie, who just like knows everything about basically all the, all the sort of weird niches that we find online. We're like, hey, Annie <laughs> probably knows, and and in this instance, you really did because like when I was like, hey, Annie, we've got this idea to do a show it's a bit weird it's about giants and your response to me was like oh is that still going on like is that still <laughs> a thing so we really we're really trusting you to like know the deep lore of like this of the subject today um which does actually get really dark in parts but yeah it'll be really interesting so going to go into. but before we get into that annie how are you doing
2: i'm very well thank you yeah very happy to be back uh, ha- Hang on, wait a second. My cat has decided to start jingling, which will, I know will annoy the recording. Oh, yeah. It's very really funny because I heard the I
1: heard the jingly bells. It's okay. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. No, he was
2: just he was just sat being well behaved, and then he decided to make decided a make a,
1: fool a little jingle. Or, there's, a, there's a cat that there's a cat that lives near me who is like obviously this kind of like. <laughs> this kind of like senior crime cat because whenever you see her, she has a new collar with little jingly bells Aww. on. She clearly has worked out how to take them mm-hmm. off. And what they seem to have done is like this done this kind of <laughs> like pirate's mark. Um, so every time you see her, not only does she have a new collar, but she also has like more than one bell on the collar. And it's now wow. got to this point where there are like seven in like a kind of like a kind of bunch of grapes.
2: Yeah, and we we had to do a thing with our cat. Well, we we had to give him like a larger bell because he learned how to move silently with the smaller one on. So now oh, yeah, he's got no, my like old, a little my old cat bell.
1: worked out how to put his paw over the <laughs> bell. But what was weird about what was weird about my old cat was that this was this was the smartest thing he ever did in my entire in his entire life. But he also wasn't a hunter like at all. Mm. He in the entire time my family had him, he maybe brought back a creature like twice, or something, because he, he was a big, big, fat, fluffy creature, and he just liked he liked going up trees and he liked bundling long fences. That was his whole vibe. And but for some reason. The smell of the bell, the sound of the bell rather, well, just really bothered him. So he worked I, out. I can, out I can understand that.
0: I can understand that. I feel like if you, you just if... seem just
1: being like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, is no, that? If, just...
0: no. If everything, if every time you move, like some fucking thing is like jangling. Like, mm. no, I'd be pissed off with that too. I'm yeah. like very pro the cat taking off the bell, like very much the version of taking off your chains, right? Yeah, being free. yeah, nothing and then to the, lose. And but
2: then like a jingly bell, yeah, a <laughs> jingly bell, yeah. <laughs>
0: um that,
1: but, that, yeah that's a um, call so-, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so we've got like we, we have like a show today but before we get into sort of the main bits of it something happened yesterday at the time of recording uh that did catch our attention uh phoebe you messaged very early this morning to be like hey we need to talk about this at the beginning i very much agreed with you um, I'm going to let you take it off with this, take it away with this one. Not least because I feel like you're you understand the context of this much better than I do.
1: Okay, let me just let me just get the post up. So, uh, real, real cultural, uh, cultural heads, like re- the real culture vultures among us, uh, will will re- will remember that um, uh, that over the last over the last few days uh, we've been treated to quite an interesting online spectacle. Um, really really interesting um, interesting kind of rogues clash I would say between um, between the ultra fans of uh, of Taylor Swift and uh, full-grown adult men who are fans of the Come Town podcast and I think that's (laughs) a really really interesting kind of alien versus predator situation um, with genuinely some of the maddest people on the planet (laughs) um who i mean honestly you'd have to be such a fool to get on the wrong side of those girls um so taylor swift is now going out with matty healy from the 1975 matty healy is a divisive figure um it's very funny how how unaligned his his kind of character is with his music like again over the last couple of days Americans who've only um who are only aware of him through people saying this guy is a Nazi this guy is this this guy is that and then they like listen to the 1975 and they're like wait is that what they sound like <laughs> this is just this is such this is such an inappropriate sound front man sort of connection because yeah you've got the you got the kind of summery guitar pop from the nineteen seventy five, and then <laughs> and then there's like kind of damp, pallid ghoul making like sycopedia level jokes, and the Swifties they're not happy about it at all. Um, they're trying to start a public campaign to get her to break up with him, which is insane. Um, but honestly. The people being like, oh, "The normies have found out about Adam Friedland and Nick Mullen, and they're really triggered. They're not covering themselves in glory either. No one is lo- mm. No one is coming out of this looking good, apart from multi-multi millionaire Taylor Swift, who, bears repeating, does not care if you live or die. She's fine. She's having her. She's having her. She's having her post-breakup." gets together with a bloke that all of her friends talk about behind her back that they hate Mm. and how gross he is and then in the future she'll be like god you remember my matty healy summer and her friends will be like yeah we remember the matty healy summer and that's that really is all that needs to be said about it having a particular view over who a celebrity is dating is i don't think a good use of your time that's all i'm saying i'm not saying it's a bad thing to do you know everyone has their hobbies but i there are better things to do with your time i really do I really do think that, but we have had a weigh in from the most important cultural commentator of our time. And when I say that, I'm like, I'm completely serious. I mean that so straight. I mean, that so straight-facedly, like admittedly, she's said some, she said some regrettable stuff in the past, but she's never not sharp, shall we say. And, uh, and that is, of course, she's a great writer of the show.
2: She's a, she's, she's a really, she's really good writer. She's even poster, I think.
1: She's yeah. a, she's a terrific poster. She's a really good writer. When she's laid a particular kind of insult on you you're never going to recover from that. Anytime Grimes gets gets kind of brought up all I can think of is smells like a roll of coins smells like a roll of coins that's like that's <laughs> she is never beating those beating those up beating those allegations and yeah um yeah like I said she said some unfortunate things and done some unfortunate things but I just I think she's I think she's what a celebrity should be like. I don't like this stage managed, ultra normal PR machine kind of stuff. I like if you want celebrities to be like interesting, this is what they're going to be like. Mm. So, and she's also a really talented musician. Oh, sorry, this is a pro. This is a pro. Azalea show. <laughs> Condi- conditional pro, critical support for Azalea. Right. Oh, goodness me, I'm just trying to think if I should read all of this out. Okay, so she's got some thoughts about um, Mattie Healy's remarks about Ice Spice. Um... Does Matty Healy know that no one actually thinks the 1975 makes good music? That's not true, Azealia. I like them. I like them. I think they're fun. Um, and he's the lame poser with the trash cliche band name that actually means nothing. And he's clearly so pressed that a black girl who knows nothing about him or his music is making more moves and money than him. Does he know that black women are more coveted in today's industry because there's big business in female rap? He's also obviously weak in the knees, thin and drug addicted, that it's as easy to catch his crusty ass lacking. The outrageous small white opinionated male musician thing works for Ariel Pink and um, Ariel Pink only. This is honestly <laughs> r- I just want to break in at and just say at this at this point that, that is so good as well. Because like Azealia is actually like she's a proper music head. Like she knows what she's talking about. Like I just I love the I love the idea of that her just sitting down and being like, right, okay. So we've got you've got your kind of You've you got your kind of sort of Trump supporting post rock titans, and they're allowed, and everyone else can just can just shut their faces. And I think that's good. Um, <laughs> you're clearly reaching for a death from above 1979 aesthetic. You're just never going to get because you're not a star, nor are you good at whatever this crappy ass mid 2000s indie pitchfork darling fancy you're trying to sell. Ice Spice <laughs> has miles more originality than you will ever. The, the the 1975 is on nobody's radar, babe. Maybe fat emo <laughs> teenage but no, we are not checking for you. boo. again, critical support, <laughs> critical support for Azelia. Then we have a uh, so that was that that's quite a long that's quite a long thing on her Insta stories. Mm. Then we have Mattie Healy is a one shared needle away from tetanus. Again, woof. Critical support, critical support. That's not because that's not a great thing to say, but. Here she directs. She directs her attention to Taylor, um, and this is the thing: people make the mistake of thinking Azalea is a is like a full time hater, and like she's actually not at all. She's actually very supportive of other women in the music industry, and I think that's something that kind of gets that something gets kind of missed when people talk when people talk about her. Like, admittedly, like her and Grimes don't get on but i think that's more of a more of a must thing so just in case you're wondering uh, this is now a celebrity gossip pod i'm really sorry if you expected it to be something else um but that's what this is what we're doing now and and we're only going to be reading out um azalea banks's instagram stories right so this is the last thing i'm going to read i just want to i just it has to be read taylor this guy's going to give you scabies what a what a way to begin! He is not on the level of powerful push you worked hella hard to build. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is this is the bit this is the bit which is just just absolutely incredible, so rich and multi layered. Annie, I can't wait for you to hear it for the first time. Ah, oh, so many cooler people in music to work with. You should really tap James Mercer from the Shins.
2: yes Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: I agree I agree this is like this is like Shin's Apologist Actian right here Um,
0: Yeah, this is actually like a pro it's it's a very like the Shin's fan cast you know know what Mm -hmm. Uh, I think
1: like I think that it is time to do a proper revisit of the Shin's because those first two albums are fucking great and I really don't care to hit any Shin's hatred (laughs) on this on this show James Mercer is honestly one of the best lyricists ever yes Taylor Swift True. with Black, Black Wave Australia by the Shins Vibes is the T sis this dude's a full <laughs> insult you cannot be letting him climb the rich white cutie mountain sis no this is
2: this is really validating I think for an aging millennial <laughs> like myself um, because when before before we uh, started recording I did warn you guys that I don't know who the 1975 mm-hmm. are Uh, I'm not particularly sure I've heard any of their music. However, I am an aging millennial who has heard a lot of the Shins in Mm. my time. Mm. So, actually, yeah, it feels very validating to see a thought leader like uh, Azalea Banks, um, yeah, denigrating, you know, (laughs) the weak imitation Zuma music. That's right, and uplifting um, Mm. our our generations' music. You know who else she is a is a really, really consistent
1: like ultra fan of. Interpol She oh, no loves way. Interpol and she's always oh going on about me for real. <laughs> <laughs> she's always going on about how much she loves Interpol. So yeah, so that's um so that's a uh, Banks chat. <laughs> I feel like we yeah.
0: <laughs> I sh- Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah. Fucking hell.
1: Yeah, yeah. Also, just just like a side a side note, James from the shins is like he must be in his mid 50s now. It's so funny. To suggest him as like an alter alternative. <laughs> <laughs> alternative, like no, no, this guy's gonna give you scabies. I've got a real nice fifty-five-year-old. I got a real nice 10 Xer <laughs> that I can set you up with. I'm just okay. I'm just spitballing here. But what if Azelia Banks did like a live Instagram mailbag where she looks at pictures of people's boyfriends? And then suggests like early noughts guitar, like guitar titans mm. to go
2: out with instead. How about that? Yeah, I would. I would let her denigrate yeah. my my boyfriend like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's just
1: showing him a picture of a the picture of her a picture of her husband. Like, and Isaiah's just saying kind of like, yeah. Have you considered Isaac from Modest Mouse? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> <Yeah>. maybe. <laughs> Why not?
0: We can pitch that. Yeah, we, we pi- will pitch that. We can that pitch that. Mm. I uh, still
1: think we should try and get her on the show.
0: Yeah, well, we'll true. We'll try get her on the show and either pitch it to her directly or we'll be like, okay, thanks for considering our invitation. By the way, here's an idea yeah. for you. Uh,
1: here's a pitch.
0: Azealia's mailbag. We'll provide the pictures of the boyfriend. Make her, make her uh, the new dear know, Prudy.
1: Should...
0: Oh, fuck. Yeah, that will be so good. She'd be such a good relationships she columnist. She'd be such a good relationships great. columnist. So that was that was our Azalea update. (laughs) Uh, That was Banks Corner. Very, very good. We might make that a regular thing. We'll see how that goes. Um, But we have brought you here, Annie, because uh, of giants. And uh, crucially, it's because Phoebe had seen some TikToks quite recently of uh, people kind of posting about giants. And uh, the story that I remember you telling me, Phoebe, when we were talking about this was that south like, were you saying, was Saudi Arabia apparently, or like a, a sort of Emirati country? Yeah, possibly. What hiding had a giant? Or
1: right, giant. this was like
0: a weaponized yeah. giant. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, surely yeah. all giants are weaponized one way or the other. Because, no, 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 no.
0: This is very I crucial because apparently, like, no, because I the, the the impression that I got, Annie, I'm sure like you can sort of like enlighten us about this. There's like a different. There's like some people who are just like, no, the giants are real. They are there. Like the CIA or whatever know about them. But then there are some who are saying, but no, the CI, like the governments know about them. And I've also like have got the giants are sort of like weapons, right? And they can be used. Uh, they're being kept hidden and they're going to be like involved in like a big war of some kind. That's kind of the vibe that I got from listening to like a few of like the Christian podcasts uh, this morning in preparation for the show. Um, but I wanted to start off this episode by telling a story, not least because the character involved in this story features in a lot of the new TikTok giant content that I saw when researching this episode. So Andrew Dawson was a popular TikTok personality. In 2022, he had amassed over f- 56,000 followers from British Columbia and Canada. His v- videos were normal. They were somewhat mundane reactions to news, sports stories in his car. Uh, yeah, all the videos were sort of like tape took place in his car. He had videos of his dog, uh, videos of his girlfriend and, and her kids, but he was by all measures a normal guy with a smartphone. But that all changed on the April 9th, 2022, when he was on a drive to Whistler's Peak. He was driving with a friend when and he was uh, he was videoing as like you'd expect him to. And he saw at the top of the mountain, this kind of big, large humanoid figure. Andrew was convinced that it was a person. He was convinced it was a giant and he was convi- And he said, like on the video, dude, if you just saw what I saw right now, his friend didn't believe him. though, So he posted the video to TikTok and it got hundreds of thousands of views. One person in his comments who lived closer to the mountain decided to go take a look to see if he could find what Andrew saw. But he wasn't able to find anything but still like people were sort of saying that like they had seen this figure before in different places, uh, that they've seen similar things that basically they had also seen remnants of the giant. Andrew had decided to investigate more and he asked people living around the peak if they'd seen this strange large figure. Locals had told him about multiple Sasquatch sightings and that there were tribal stories of giants who lived in the mountains of Whistler, this Bigfoot-like creature. But when Andrew went exploring more, he claimed that another man who was on his own told him to leave and that he was trespassing. Andrew believed that this was a member Andrew believed that this was a CIA agent. Um and so uh and uh Devin, there's like a little video clip here. Uh that uh, if you can cut that in, that'll be great. This is the video. Usain saying wanted me to cut in here. He's uh, inside of his house right now, just glancing through the blinds. He sees the car there. Goes outside. That's, it's the same vehicle from. Hey! And as he approaches, the car drives away very quickly. After that, Andrew claimed that he was receiving more unwanted interaction from CIA agents as well as their Canadian equivalent, CSIS agents. Uh, He was trying, like while he was out in town, while he was just trying to live his life, he claimed that they were following him in supermarkets when he was out with his girlfriend, even when they were taking the dog for a walk. In May 2022, he posted a TikTok entitled I'm Scared, claiming that, uh, and this was like a very short video where he sort of walks around in the dark for like 10 seconds and he basically just says, I'm scared, I'm scared and that's it. Um, after that his account he had posted a few more times basically like sort of saying that he was still looking for giants but also he was kind of exaggerating the story but then his account went dark and then in july 2022 after people were asking where he was and why he wasn't posting any more videos about the giants his obituary was posted in a local canadian newspaper the campbell river mirror his death was unexplained and it's still a rem- and it's still kind of a uh, it, his death is still remains a mystery and it's one that circulates among conspiracy theorists that um that center around the existence of giants and uh giant beings in particular those who are convinced that world governments are hiding perhaps hoarding and even harvesting giants sometimes to be used as supernatural weapons uh these groups were convinced that andrew had seen one of those giants and was punished for it forced to make videos that were deliberately misleading and that he was told by handlers to tell his followers that he had been exaggerating the whole time for the purposes of entertainment. Um, The reason why I brought this video up and this story up is because um, there has been like a revival of uh, TikTok related, or like TikTok related conspiracies that centered around giants and the viewing of Andrew Dawson. Andrew Dawson in some cases being kind of considered like a martyr of this sort of reality. And seeing that made me really, interested and intrigued in part because i had like when i was looking at some of the conspiracy theories that these guys were talking about i'd heard them before when i was younger and i used to like go on to conspiracy websites and stuff i think the ideas of like giants and sasquatches and stuff like these are not these are actually like very very old uh very well circulated conspiracy theories but watching this kind of felt different and i was sort of confused as to like why it sort of felt more unsettling it felt less kind of like engaging as entertainment and much more, I mean for lack of a better term, conspiratorial. So I guess um Annie, I wanted to start off by asking um you so you've had like you've uh look, you guys have looked into this before, but you were also mentioning that like the giant stuff was something that like you were surprised was still kind of circulating. And so I wanted to ask about how you kind of came across uh conspiracy theories around giants. Where do they fit in in the broader nexus of like online conspiracy theories now? Uh yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean you introduced me as knowing a lot about this, but I actually have to throw my hands up a little and say that this is an area of conspiracy culture, I guess cryptozoology, um, which is the yeah kind of um, stigmatized kind of research on um, mythical beasts or um, cryptids or creatures that are kind of not accepted uh, by the broader scientific establishment. So this isn't an, is an area I have researched too deeply, but giants kind of have come up quite a lot in my work. Or actually, come up with quite a lot in my personal life um, because my husband runs a popular history podcast, mm. and so one thing that one thing that we find is that there's a funny overlap in our work, my work on conspiracy theories and his work on history, in that quite frequently. Um, he will get angry messages from various people who feel like he has misrepresented history. A lot of the time, they'll even just say something like, this is so full of lies, and we'll assume that he, as the liar, knows exactly which lie <laughs> they are referring to. Um, <laughs> but one part of the subculture, which is incredibly active online, that he has pissed off in his work, um, is, I guess, this, yeah, an alternative his- historical um, research subculture who basically kind of contend much of like what we know kind of geographically about the origins of the Earth, um, but also the origins of civilization itself. Mm-hmm. And um, so one thing that they're often quite fond of claiming, which you might have seen, um, it's quite like a relatively off- frequently parodied claim is that Mountains are not actually sort of um rock formations, but are the tree trunks of giant trees that used to grow all over the earth um, and were chopped down by giants. Um one thing that this yeah belief actually has its roots in is kind of interest it's a kind of interesting mixture, I think, of like religion and colonialism. Mm. Um so I'll get to like the religious part. A little bit later, because I think that's the bit people are more familiar with, things like Nephilim in the Bible. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's also a kind of Hindu historiography which talks about previous races of giants. Mm -hmm. Um, But the colonialism bit, I think, is yeah, is interesting and a bit less explored. um, Which, yeah, so talks about in the 19th century, um, lots of the uh, United States um historical researchers um, essentially began to come up with a theory which was that the native population had displanted a previous civilization. And this was basically based on kind of common understandings of race at the time, that the native populations and their and indigenous um, populations were, in their view too primitive to have constructed the um, complex societies that they were uncovering archaeologically. Um, And so they decided that not only was there a previous um, population that had been replaced by indigenous Native Americans, um, but that this race was probably white. Then kind of people started taking this belief in, this was relatively accepted kind of anthropological Mm -hmm. belief, Um, but it kind of started getting taken in some sort of bit more like strange and kind of funky and controversial even at the time directions uh particularly with uh theologians who tried to connect it to previous understandings from the bible and this is where they began connecting it with understandings of the nephilim who are a race of giant beings which are mentioned in genesis um and yeah so the idea essentially came around that not only was this previous civilization probably white people they were probably also white giant people um (laughs) and yeah it's you know i sometimes I, i i fear when i kind of give this background that i'm it sounds like i'm saying you know this is all crypto white supremacy sort of stuff i think you know i think even though that is its roots particularly in north america i think it's been like taken in so many like bizarre directions that you can't sort of say that people like anybody posting about giants or stuff is doing so as a um, as a covert white supremacist operation Do you know there obviously are kind of like cosmic um far right sort of networks that are, that are super interested in this kind of thing but that's not the majority of okay. it um but essentially this means that they have about Two hundred and fifty years worth of material. If you're if you're looking and looking to get into giants, essentially, there is like a huge anthropological record, um, most of which has always been kind of, um, will have the legitimacy of looking old and looking kind of a bit serious and academic, but was always a little bit, I guess, um, counter hegemonic, um, at least you know, once you get to the 20th century. But there's like a vast amount of like photos, of papers, of books about this supposed previous generation of, of, of giants. Um, but I guess, you know, one key difference here, right, is that this is talking about a previous extinct civilization of giants. And what the sort of TikTok record is now giving us is extant giants. Okay. So <laughs> there's a, you know, I think there's like something interesting there about the kind of desire for reenchantment, for revival of this kind of previous, um, yeah, this this lost civilization essentially. Mm. Um, but I'm also like really interested in what you guys are talking about about like can the giants be weaponized? Because yeah. I think that's a really curious question because, you know, the way that these um. The way that I've seen these like giant civilizations discussed, it's nearly always, as in, a much kind of like higher sort of beings than us, right? They were a peaceful civilization mill mm. builders who taught humanity, you know, everything, everything that we know, um, and you know, all, all essentially our kind of uh, generative, positive kind of like knowledge comes from the giants. Yeah. Yeah. And all of our kind of like basic instincts are just our, you know, our primitive human violence. Mm. Um, and this again, kind of like yes, uh, speaks uh, I think to like various kind of theological interpretations. Um, but it's interesting, I think. Oh, and uh, so when I said, "Oh, that this is still around," um, I think the first time I saw this kind of revival happening um, online and social media was. Um, I think there was a flat Earth society that the, a post broke containment there around 2020. I think, um, which showed a it was like one of those like really charming, charmingly kind of crude photoshops. One of those photoshops that like people were doing a hundred years ago, yeah. where they'd taken like the body of or they'd taken like a, a an archaeological find of a normal human skeleton. And then they'd taken a photo of some archaeologists next to some dinosaur Mm. bones, and then they put the archaeologists next to the normal skeleton, so it looked like it was actually huge. (laughs) Um, And this, yeah, this uh, you know broke containment and had to get you know fact checked by Snopes and stuff like that. Being like, no, this isn't a real giant. giant? And obviously, everybody who was like captured by it did not care what Snopes had to say, and uh, you know, if they're uh, only you know confirmed. I think, you know, the picture itself was literally captioned, like, you know, they have been hiding our history from us or something like that. So, you know, what is the fact-checking going to do from that? They already believe this information's been suppressed, you know. Mm. But again, I think this is 2020, right? It's still showing the giants is dead. (laughs) So The the revitalization of the giants. The the living giants. The reanimation of the giants is something that I think has only happened in, yeah, I mean, Mm. I was first aware of it with this... um, uh yeah this poor andrew dawson who i didn't know had literally died by the way i was saying to hussein i i kind of thought that was just like silly tiktok lore um
1: no No, well it it seems to be it seems to be it seems to be
2: both yeah so now would be i guess a good time for everybody on this podcast to make clear we do not believe in giants we are not interested in um bringing up any kind of rumors of giants existence just for any security yeah. services that might be listening
0: yeah i mean like to yeah. me as like a five foot six man every every lots of men are giants to me uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, titans in a physical sense and also titans of their own industry
1: yeah true can't can't deny it as, <laughs> yeah, as far as as far as i can tell and i think this is quite fun there is a split in the giant community um who think that the living there are some who think the living giants are a deliberate experiment and the results of a kind of uh, CIA um a CIA kind of operation well not not just the CIA like kind of security services all around all around the world have been have been sort of getting together um in order to uh, build a giant and there are some who think that this is uh this is just a mythical kind of the remains of a mythical a kind of mythical race sort of mytho-historical race who still exist and who have been captured by various countries in order to um get them to work for or to, to to work for the army um so in both cases they're not really ascribing much agency to said giants mm. if it's like the idea is like is that there's sort of is that like again i think it was i think it was saudi arabia um was the was who is supposed to have giants in their in their army, and the reason that and the reason that no one and no one elsewhere in the world will go to war with Saudi Arabia is because they know
2: that they've got <laughs> the giants. They've got this like giant deterrent. But I think I that question. You know, I'm no military tactician, <laughs> but I really question how useful a giant would be in in modern warfare. Like for one thing, surely insanely easy to hit. Like Yeah, that's
1: true. Like what's a what yeah, what's a giant gonna do about a drone? Yeah. That's the question. So maybe they started developing the giant the giant soldiers. (laughs)
2: No, um, long
1: time ago. (laughs) And
2: and it almost makes you think like them. (laughs) Yeah, maybe there was some like military strategist way, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago who was like, Oh, I love all of our giant soldiers, but like they're so easy to kill they're like so easy to hit and just like literally the guy just like across the plane with his like sling and rock can just you know bang bang him on the head and he's out (laughs) for the count he's like what if i instead got like a hundred small soldiers instead of one big one maybe Mm. this would actually give me the advantage and maybe that's how humans were created (laughs)
1: Yeah, maybe maybe and then you can then that like gives rise to the most tedious pub chat in existence like would you rather fight a hundred (laughs) soldiers all one Um,
0: and the answer would be one big giant simple
1: one big (laughs) one big giant just trip him over yeah
0: hi it's devon the editor just want to push back a little bit on the concept of uh the nephilim giants as soldiers uh here's Here's a TikTok that Hussein posted in the show notes that I think will very much, will elucidate what 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 is being discussed here.
2: Look what this guy had to say about the government hiding Nephilim giants in the military bases.
0: Greg Renrich. That was one of the things that he told me. Uh, he's the one that was uh, talking about seeing the, the giants in the deep underground military bases. He said that one of the first things that they had to do before he was allowed to go into S four or S twenty or any of the others. They made him sign an affidavit saying you're not allowed to use the name Jesus Christ in these underground facilities, not even if you stub your toe or anything. And he said that he saw 10 to 25 foot tall giants in these underground bases and said that they were, you know, the human scientists and other people working side by side with them. He said that they even came right out and said they were the Nephilim. They they came right out and said said that, uh, you know, basically we're preparing for an intergalactic war with God. They believe that they're going to win. Where are
1: they getting this? They're going to win
0: from. (laughs) And why are you not allowed to say the name Jesus in these underground facilities?
2: Jesus said,
0: just like in the days of Noah. I think he's telling the truth. I think this is real.
2: (laughs) During the days of Noah, the fallen angels and their offspring, the Nephilim, were influencing, corrupting the human race to live in sin. And we know in the book of Genesis, God says that the wickedness was so bad, he had to flood the entire earth. Know God had to do this in order for the Messiah to come through Noah's bloodline to redeem us. The enemy doesn't want people to know there's power in the name of Jesus. Use your authority to stomp out that dirty lying devil. Jesus
1: name. Uh, yeah, that and that kind of that kind of frames them as like like the kind of the Lord of the Rings trolls. Mm -hmm. So they're like they're massive, but they're not much in the way of way of headspace. It is interesting that Goliath doesn't come up very much. Mm this framing maybe because it, it, it was just one one little twink with a swing with a sling, <laughs> no. that, that took him down hot little david with his little <laughs> like that um that's just that's just i mean as far as i remember from my studies that's that's the that's the story that it's the story what? it's funny
2: yeah that is, that i the story i read this quite fascinating article um just in preparation for this episode which was about um it was written by like a, a professor of theology at a christian university in the united states and it was like bemoaning the fact that apparently the second he starts teaching genesis like all his students just want to talk as about is the giants mm. and like he finds this like very like i think he even like titled the article something like the embarrassing and alluring biblical giant because he's a bit like come on guys there's so much more to this is the story of creation there is so much more to this than the giant but all of the students are kind of you know just trying to be like oh scientifically sir what do you think the giants what do you think the giants are
0: yeah Um, he ran he ran into that classic problem with like anyone who goes to religious school which is that like you just kind of want to know all the cool shit
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and you're just obsessed yeah. with the shit. and they're like no there are like moral questions and yeah. there are you know, <laughs> uh, you know, you know. Eyes.
1: tell us some stories about some good but fights also,
0: yeah but also like i don't know because like during my kind of very short time in a seminary like so much of it was that you know you spend so much time even like even not in, in seminary setting even just like religious school settings like the stuff that there's like the stuff that teachers are supposed to teach you is the really mundane stuff with like but, but are not even like moral questions that are worth mm. debating it's really just like how does like a prophet or a saint or an imam kind of like reach this kind of like logical point when and why and then how is it now that you can trace a lineage between like this conversation that they had with like a spirit and the reason why like you don't go into a room like with you you, you walk into a room if you're right foot like and they'll spend like a month going over that topic yeah and it is incredibly dull and i imagine that like in a christian seminary or university they probably get to that as well and so it makes sense where it's like no i want i just want to hear about the giants like how big were they uh, you know would 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 like like how many giants would it take to like fight the sun could it win all that type of stuff yeah it's like familiar
1: i once i once met somebody who was an Assyriologist, so so studying it an
0: assyriologist
1: oh okay so we a mysteriologist that, it, so i was just what yeah a mysteriologist that'd be really cool no um and a seriologist uh so you know so yes so so babylon Sumer, yes, yeah, um yeah. etc um and he was uh and he was an academic who worked at a at a small private mormon college and i was like how are you teaching Assyriology in this context? And it's like I got—I won't lie—it's a little bit, it's a bit difficult. It's difficult trying to trying to teach trying to teach it while staying while staying true to like the ethos of the college. And I was like, but can you? And he said, I got to gloss over some stuff, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was a fun way, fun way of looking at it. Uh, um, uh, is, uh, back- is
2: the civilization of Assyria is that like one that? they're they're having beef with in the old testament like is he is he Well, babylon yes yeah there's no i I don't know much about this sort of stuff but i'll just um
1: it also doesn't quite fuck with the timeline okay but it a bit fucks with the timeline Mm. um so that's another so that's another issue but yeah no mainly this kind of this the, the the kind of biblical picture of babylon is is this kind of um sort of degenerate crumbling mm. um, crumbling crumbling place from where nothing good can can come something that I think is really interesting talking about like what people thought was the kind of giant origin of um, of uh, of various kind of various ancient societies is that obviously once once kind of the people of the empire in various in in various ways and guises gets get their hands on these kinds of ideas then it very much then it then it always gets the sort of white supremacy mm. kind of map over the top of it but actually, what this reminds me of much more and it's much more ancient and um while it doesn't you know predate the idea of uh, of human brutality and um and dehumanization to other peoples it sort of predates the contemporary understanding of white supremacy is it, it sort of it sort of does um which is that it's like it's like herodotus to me it's like the it's like the, the ancient greek ethnographers who when they were trying to kind of explain mysterious lands quite often what they would come what they would come up with and this was built by a kind of pre-human race of race of giants race of giant ants who eat gold etc 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 so it's so it feels less like um less like a kind of white sort of white supremacist um sort of mythified understanding of um of what came of what came before them and more a kind of white supremacist take mm. on yeah on, on a kind of much older idea about and i think it comes from the same place as oh as the as the as the the idea of the aliens um building the pyramids and that's i mean i think you'd have to reach quite far to say well that's a white supremacist fantasy that the pyramids had to have been bought out to have been built by by aliens um but it makes me think of um for a very for just a very 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 long time, people talked about uh the sort of t- the age of heroes in particularly in kind of in very very old Greek poetry as being something which completely kind of invented from whole cloth and it's not and it doesn't mean anything it's just you know it's just it's just it's just fairy stories it's just the civilization's fairy stories and then an archaeologist who was doing some who was who was doing a dig in it must have been around Ithaca or kind of somewhere around the kind of the you know that that part that part of the world found part of what must have been a woolly mammoth's skull and a mam and a woolly mammoth's skull has a huge hole in the middle of it and this archaeologist found this skull and went huh I wonder if the composers of the Odyssey found skulls that looked like this and they didn't know what a mammoth was. How would they, could, they possibly conceive of what a mammoth was? So it made sense that these were the skulls of the Cyclops mm. because look, there's a big hole in the middle. It looks like a big, it looks like an eye socket. Uh, and yeah, I think this sort of interest in in A sort of a pre-human, a sort of pre-human, and sort of sort of supernatural, but I would say closer to closer to mytho-history is It's a really, really common feature in the the ancient world. In general, there were even there were there's loads and loads of giant stuff in Greek myth, like the um, like the first like the first non-divine race were all giants. The Titans were all giants um there's a really peculiar story which uh, which has for some reason sort of made its way into the kind of children's fairy story gambit about how one about how there's one particular mountain which is a giant who fell asleep under and has sort of become kind of calcified um and i yeah i i find i find it difficult to see much harm mm. in in thinking this and just with, with as with anything which feels like a way of injecting wonder into the world. And also, I suppose, again, going back to the ancient about myth in the ancient world because, um, I, because I want to, it's my, it's my show and I can't that. <laughs> um, that there was a really interesting aspect of um, interest in your own origins, whether they are um, the origins of your city or the origins of your people or the origins of the world, came paired with an interest in how that's going to end the like the destruction myths and the revelation stuff all goes hand in hand with the creation myths and the creation legends and there was this idea of there being a book ending of time in the ancient world which we sort of lost so there's still lots of interest in the past and the mytho-historic and um and the idea of the of, of it, this cannot have just been us. This makes no sense at all for humanity to be the only thinking, the only thinking apex predator that's ever that's ever ruled the earth. Why shouldn't there have been something that came before us? Why shouldn't there be something that comes after us? And I think the idea of these like monstrous giant super soldiers is also a way of trying to kind of make sense of the end. Mm. So we've got the creation, and we've got the start we've got the beginnings but we don't have the end where's the book end where's the revelation and that could come in the form of in the form of a, a of giant armies like why not that sounds that sounds very that sounds very mm-hmm. apocalyptic i think
2: yeah i think that's a really interesting read on it and i think maybe like helps to answer my question of like why have the giants come back Why have they come back now? Do you know? Um, Yeah, there's a a really good and kind of quite weirdly prescient book called um, Present Shock by Douglas Rushkoff, the media theorist, where he kind of talks about the longing for apocalypse as essentially Mm. kind of like a desire for this kind of like frenetic kind of multi-reality sort of state that we all live in now due to kind of just the presence of technology in our lives. You know, the fact that we're just kind of constantly dividing ourselves into several places at once while you're on your phone, you're on your laptop, you're, on, you know, got a, a Zoom call from in a different country and all of this sort of stuff that you're just kind of constantly dividing where your mind is. Yeah, he kind of talks about this kind of desire for for a stop, for an end, as you, as you say, um, as kind, yeah, a, uh, as a as a response to that, as a kind of natural sort of human desire for us all just to be put back in in one place and time, even if that is the end of time. Yeah. Um, and I kind of yeah, maybe that's maybe that's something to do with it too.
0: Mm. That's really interesting. I also, it would be like...
1: sick if there were giants. That would be cool. <laughs> I would love to meet a giant. Yes. I
2: would love to meet a giant. I mean, I think any government that's keeping that's keeping the existence of giants, especially ones as big as were shown in the in the video, <laughs> you know, I sort of feel like maybe they just deserve to 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 rule over the world or or dominate us all. You know, like what if you can hide giants? Yeah, if you can hide giants, you know what? Fair fair play. Like fair enough. <laughs> I will I still to- try my luck with my little slingshot, Allah, David and Goliath. <laughs> of
0: course. Of I, course. W- I wanted to ask a question about um these types of conspiracy like the the sort of like recirculation of old conspiracy theories um and uh like the dame like i don't know whether danger is the right word but like the risks that maybe are sort of posed from them and this is kind of more linking to the stuff that you do like you know you guys talk about on your show and like also the work that you've done um because as i mentioned like the giant conspiracy theories and stuff i can remember sort of being really into them when i was a lot younger um, I was very much a giant believer, um, in the same and I like just kind of lots of other weird conspiracy theories that like, I was very interested in, uh, in like the early days of the internet, but like at the time it was just me and like my very, uh, my other sort of handful of weird friends that were kind of maybe partly interested in it. Um, and so it was kind of, you know, it wasn't something that was mainstream by any means. Um, and it's not to say that the giant conspiracy theory is necessarily mainstream. But it certainly is much more uh, widespread and much more mm. exposed. And you had also mentioned, you, you sent me something just before we started recording about a, was it, it wasn't the Malaysian prime minister, right? No,
2: the Mexican pre- prime the minister. The Mexican, I think. Yeah, yeah. And he
0: was posting about a ghost that he saw.
2: Yeah, he posted about, uh, let me see if I can find, it's got a, um, oh yeah, a mythical Mayan spirit or elf. And he was actually posting, reposting an image that he said had been sent to him during the construction of something that is called the uh, Mayan Railway, which is a a huge bit of infrastructure that he um, was part of his platform before he got uh, elected um, and is now underway, which is supposed to uh, create a railway which will connect all of the Mayan sites in the Yucatan or all of the major Mayan sites, um, which will, you know. It's stimulate kind of tourism and trade and and all the rest of it. Um, mm. uh, it was I I went to Yucatan uh, on my honeymoon uh, last November I think. Um, so and uh, he he's, he's the uh, prime minister is very very popular there or president I should say uh, yeah mm-hmm. he's very popular there for this bit of infrastructure. You know it's it's felt like it's uh, reboosting and revitalizing the economy to well a few people that i spoke to about it there um so he's like yeah he's um very popular with this this region in in mexico and i think you know this uh image that he posted is of he said it's of a uh a mythical mythological woodland spirit similar to an elf uh the specific name for it in mayan folklore is an aluxe. i don't know if i've got that right um pronunciation wise and yeah, he posted it saying this was taken three days ago by an engineer. It appears to be in a look, say, adding everything as mystical. So I don't know. It's sort of one of those things where um, it seemed like quite charming. It seemed like a kind of like example, I think, of um, a president who uh, clearly has like huge respect for this uh, ethnic group in Mexico, uh, kind of, yeah, reposting like a an image, which he said corresponded to their mythology <laughs> But obviously, yeah, it was kind of viewed as like particularly strange um, from like all other corners of the world.
0: I mean, I suppose like it it
1: felt more, it felt more, sorry, he said, it felt more that, that it sort of just felt a little bit unprompted. Yeah. Like it's like, it's one thing to be like, so I saw. A wood. uh, So I saw a wood spirit. If somebody told me they saw a wood spirit, I would be like, right, okay. I'm sitting with this person for the rest of the evening because I want to hear every single thing about this wood spirit. Because I really, honestly, when it comes to when it comes to supernatural and ghostly and otherwise unexplainable and paranormal encounters, I don't. I really, really struggle to see what harm they Mm. do in any sense. Um and I actually think I actually think that it's a real shame that people who um who are into this kind of thing and interested in this kind of thing and you know and, and fully believe that they have had these uh, have had these encounters, I actually think it's really sad that they've been kind of driven out of acceptable social discourse. I feel like we don't have any like lovable kooks anymore. It feels like we have people who don't really believe in anything. Um, apart from what is sort of deemed to be kind of relatively kind of socially acceptable and then we have people who think that uh that bill gates invented vaccines to murder children so that he can eat them in the tunnels and you found and you found your way to this theory because you were interested in like getting a in getting an identification for this wood elf that you saw <laughs> while in Mexico um i yeah it, it 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 feels it feels like particularly the um the kind of the mutability or the it's everywhere it's something it's on something yeah. that you carry around with you all the time this kind of permeating effect of things like QAnon that they've kind of that that uh, particularly like the kind of influences you know they, i don't think it's unreasonable to say that they're kind of if not fascist and certainly fascist adjacent mm. and they've been kind of putting their arms out like they've got kind of velcro on and the lovable kooks who before just like would give you like a like they were like a friend of your mum's and they would give you like a crystal before your exams and they've all been kind of drawn into this stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. that I think lovable kookness should be should be made socially acceptable. I think if you say, if you're at like a party and you say, "I saw a giant <laughs> in the woods," I don't think that should be something that yeah. then drives you out of the polite of the polite body politic. I agree should I think people should be interested in it. I think there's
2: a you know I've always maintained that I think there's a qualitative difference between, I guess, a conspiracy theory which, you know, posits that, I don't know, JFK was was killed by the CIA or something like that, or that the government are covering up the existence of UFOs with something which says local school teachers are conducting secret satanic rituals and drinking children's blood. Do you know, like it feels to me, like you know, two of these uh, yeah, may be the, questioning very, very obviously.
1: Yeah. These are two things. Like these, these two things are not the same. And also, I've I've certainly noticed. I'm sure you have too in your in your work on this. How many people with kind of institutional power are keen to cast? Say, for example, thinking that JFK was killed by the by the CIA. Which, like, it's you know, it there there are some perfectly reasonable Mm. reasons for like reasons for reasons for thinking that and particularly if you're particularly if you are somebody who has tangled with american foreign foreign policy anywhere else in the world there's no particular reason why you would be insane or a crank for thinking there's got to be something a bit more Mm. to that because the stuff that they talk about publicly is so monstrous and there's never been any kind of reckoning Sort of reckoning with it, and I think it does suit a lot of people to say, um, to, to 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 kind of deliberately conflate those two kind of strands of thinking. One of which is, to my mind, very obviously antisocial and very dangerous, and very and very kind of very worrying. With someone who say is questioning American imperialism, and for someone who who sees Wood elves. Yes. Like also, this seems to me so obviously that these are not the same thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, I, you know, the counter argument, I guess, to what I'm saying, which is, you know, is, is lots of, you know, respected academics would, would say this. They'd say, well, it's all part of the same kind of huh. social fabric, which is the kind of rejection essentially of you know, authority um, of the, institutions that we a society has trusted to kind of filter mm-hmm. through you know knowledge for us for hundreds and hundreds of years it's a rejection of these institutions and therefore they would say well it may be harmless elves now, but it's kind of it's you know encouraging a person to em- embrace that epistemology which could lead to local school teachers, teachers sacrificing our children do you know like so it's not really an argument i agree with but that is the counter-argument oh, yeah, no, no, to what i absolutely I'm understand saying. what you mean by that and what would be meant by that and then
1: i think that's exactly the point i'm making that like at the moment uh yes it is part of the same of of the same system of thinking and the same system and the same kind of way of um negotiating with and understanding the world that like once you get on A particular train then it's basically impossible to know where to get off because if you start thinking well this is a lie and this is a lie and this is a lie and this is a lie then at what point do you at what point do you snag on something that you can trust Mm. if you reject all manner of authority other than that which you have constructed and then you and quite often people um, really start to kind of separate themselves from their existing community structures because it's so difficult if you are interested in this stuff to really talk about anything else people can't (laughs) prevent themselves from 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 saying it and then their friends and family get worried about them and then that pushes them even further into everything being so networked and connected that it's basically impossible not to end up in the same place that we're talking about but I think that that is something which is partly down to the kind of platform mediated and kind of network nature of our current reality but it's also something which has been deliberately mm. done by um by insisting that it's all the same thing i think yeah. that's I, th- I do understand it as an argument but i think it is a self-fulfilling one because if you say well it's all part of the same thing and if you believe in wood elves, then you also functionally will be persuaded that um, that the Jews are running a great replacement, mm. running a great replacement. But if you if you accept a kind of fringe of lovable, harmless kookiness of that kind, and if you understand why there might be a, 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 an interest in rejection of official narratives over certain over certain things based on where someone is from based on what their politics are and you don't reject them and treat and and treat them like they are kind of social pariahs and social outliers then they don't come across this stuff they don't feel the they don't feel the need to associate themselves with this stuff they don't Find these people who I think are bad people and are dangerous people, they don't find them and go, they're the only ones who'll listen to me
2: when I talk about elves. No, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head. And it's the it's term I used before, I think, in the episode, but um, I think it's worth repeating with what we're talking about, which is it comes from, uh, I think, the scholar Michael Barkun who calls this field essentially stigmatized knowledge. So that's everything yeah. from kind of conspiracy theories to, uh, yeah, you might kind of say like, um, uh, un- uh, unacceptably over the Overton window racist beliefs or UFOs and wood elves and giants and the like and the problem is because they are stigmatized knowledge they all end up clustering in the same place right mm-hmm. um, yeah. but to use your example of the guy at the party who says I saw a giant you know mm. you would argue that that process doesn't just begin just because the guy's interested in giants it begins because the party says that's insane and you're weird yeah. um mm. and yeah the so guy who showed up and started talking about giants. it's i think we That's i think we, <laughs> i'm <the weird> guy. <laughs> i think we want to think essentially about what it is about these beliefs that um that we consider a threat to society and specifically about the belief themselves i guess you know are we just you know are we just kind of shunning all beliefs that we think are wrong you know just like in an objective sense like or are we you know shunning beliefs that we think are dangerous or are frightening or um racist or or, or violent you know and i think it's kind of worth um it's worth like i think very seriously considering essentially like what it is we are stigmatizing and why
1: Mm, yeah absolutely
0: couldn't agree more yeah it's a good point i mean i was just gonna because i the reason i was like trying to bring that point up was just because when i was looking through like some of the facebook groups around andrew dawson um and it's like sort of going like going through it you know you have there weren't really many people who were like you would sort of go on their profiles and there's nothing that indicates that they would like kind of came because they believed in the giants as well like there's no Mm -hmm. like giant fandom but are just like you know, on, and on TikTok it's weird <laughs> because like you have no, because you have like people who have like who who have posted TikToks being like, yeah, we're gonna go visit the Whistler Mountain where like Andrew Dawson saw the giant, and in part it's kind of because they sort of want to like commemorate him, right? Mm, um, yeah, but on but on like Facebook. Uh, it's not like that. You just have these people who are sort of like generally kind of conspiracists in all the sort of ways that we've described in terms of like being anti-vaxxers, like posting material from like racist, of like quite overtly racist Facebook groups. That's not to say that they are like endorsed mm-hmm. those beliefs, but you know, definitely you can yeah. sort of trace the lineage quite far. Um, they're like far less interested in the giant and much more kind of concerned with the idea that like someone from the CIA assassinated andrew dawson for like telling Mm -hmm. the truth and therefore like any truth teller by like their standard will sort of do the same and so it's quite interesting to observe how like that event that only happened like last year how that sort of been subsumed into like this broader nexus of like a very specific kind of conspiratorial thinking right one that like is almost removed from the sort of thing that Andrew Dawson was interested in, because like going through his TikTok page and stuff, like he doesn't, in, he know, he Andrew Dawson was not a kind of like cons- like a QAnon guy, right? He mm-hmm. was not someone who was like, oh, he you know, he doesn't seem like someone who was like an anti-vaxer. He like lots of his sort of like other videos pre Giant were just about him like living his normal life and like how much he loved his girlfriend and all that stuff, right? Some of like a lot of him were just like quite sweet and quite normal, and then he became fixated on the Giant specifically, and so. It's quite interesting to sort of see him as almost being that kind of like, for lack of a better term, like the kook that's just like interested in like this particular subject and doesn't really have any sort of like broader ambition or even any malicious attempt uh, or intent rather, but then sort of being incorporated and almost kind of becoming martyred by people who I would like to think he didn't, he may have not even been aware of, let alone would necessarily endorse.
2: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's right. Yeah, no, it's, like, really interesting, the kind of, like, icon that he's, I guess, become to these groups, who, as you say, have, like, very little interest in his own passion, but Mm. I guess are essentially drawn to the case in how it could delegitimize, I guess, like, institutions that they are also interested in delegitimizing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, it's, like, such a curious case. I hadn't, like... I don't think I'd like really looked into who he was before, but it is kind of fascinating that he, he like didn't have any, I don't know, he wasn't in this kind of cryptozoology space.
0: No, he just, it, just yeah. it, it literally just seemed like he saw this thing that his friends didn't believe in
2: mm. and was
0: like so insistent that he wanted to like prove that no, there is a giant that's living on like a mountain in Whistler. Um That he just kind of like became like went down the giant's rabbit hole. But what was even more remarkable is like for a year, like where a lot of these kind of conspiracy sites and stuff can very easily take you to places where, you know, you end up sort of like forgetting about the thing that got you interested in all this. Mm. And, you know, you can kind of very much be taken in with all the other sort of external QAnon related stuff or even like non QAnon related stuff. But like very much like within the sort of like anti-vaxxer kind of context. But it just seemed that he didn't really like he he didn't he wasn't really interested in that, right, whether that mm-hmm. was a conscious choice or not, I'm not sure, but it was just like very interesting to me to sort of see that oh, this is kind of just like one of a sort of a conspiracy theorist in the way that we would like to imagine them to be as someone just like very kind of fixated and excited about like this one thing that they saw and like mm-hmm. I, I i even i i kind of even hesitate to sort of call him a conspiracy theorist br- broadly in the sense that like i don't know if that's like the right designation i just it just sort of seemed like yeah, he was a guy what's the what's
1: the, con- what's the conspiracy yeah, he, exactly. he thought yeah. that there were he thought that they were being hidden but it's i don't think it's necessarily 100% clear that he thought they were no. being hidden for a purpose yeah. other than to kind of conceal the existence yeah. of of the of the magical it's like a, it's like um arthur conan doyle who <laughs> became obsessed with fairies
0: Mm. i didn't know okay wow i didn't know that
1: towards the yeah towards the end of his life he became convinced that he had seen a fairy and he i he i think he like trashed his contemporary reputation and also spent all of his money on fairy research and he was almost certainly fooled by this, um, yeah. by this daguerreotype hoax, mm. which allegedly shows a fairy, but he became, yeah, he became, he became obsessed with I it. I think that's, like,
0: that's probably like, it's actually like a really good analog because it did also sort of seem like I read somewhere, I don't know how like true this is, but I read somewhere that like as he was kind of as Andrew Dawson was sort of becoming more fixated on giants, like his, like he started sort of becoming a bit more distant from his girlfriend, from like his girlfriend's kids, like just from like the life that he sort of had became so fixated on what he believed that he saw and no one else believed him. Um yeah, I think that's like a really good analog. And it's just like to me it's just really interesting how like even like with all that knowledge in mind like the way that he is sort of remembered by these groups is not as someone who kind of like saw this remarkable thing. Um and mm. like is proof of that thing existing, but rather just like oh here is someone who like was kind of a truth teller that got taken out by the government and therefore almost kind of being used to legitimize beliefs that like he was kind of completely external to Mm -hmm. and like i and that's like quite that seems like quite a common pattern like and like to me that also sort of feels like the way in which like these tight like how we understand conspiracy theories have sort of changed so much partly because of like how things get subsumed but also the ways in which like people's interests can b- quite easily be manipulated and re- like misrepresented mm. or represented with a malicious intent
2: yeah yeah and how i guess yeah these like various causes can like yeah i think become mm. become somebody else's cause who you may not yeah, like, exactly. have exactly ever never uh, yeah. asked yeah. for
0: that's a good point that's yeah. a great point that's, that might be a good point to end on because i am conscious about the time uh, is there anything else mm. that you guys want to talk about or should i wrap it up
1: Honestly, I feel like we could talk about <laughs> giants and
0: fairies for
1: for hours. I'm very aware that um that we have taken up enough I, of Annie's yeah, time. Yeah, i'll Come back to the Pixies episode. Yeah, let's
0: do yes. that. That we'll, we'll, we'll add that in. um
1: is- You can come back and talk to me about the about the Spraggan
2: <laughs> in
1: the Parkland Walk, which. Uh, sounds like it's laughing. If you go there at dusk, and it is the most terrifying thing in the world. You,
2: if you encountered that,
1: I have encountered (gasps) the laughing spraggan. Uh, years ago, years ago, I was in, I was in park, I was in parkland walk with a friend, and it was one of those summer evenings where it gets dark in kind of wooded areas really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. Or like, oh, it's daytime, it's daytime, it's daytime. Actually, it feels like the 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 light is kind of closing in a little bit. We should probably, you know we should probably get out of the park and walk and we were talking about ghosts and I said that I totally believed in them because first of all why not believe in them because if you go around saying you don't believe in them they've got to believe then they've got to like prove that they exist for it, yeah and you're asking for it if you go around saying you don't believe in them and also because I just super believe in them because I believe in all kinds of mad stuff and and then and then we're both like, it's, I don't know it's, it feels like there's a kind of weird feeling around here just a weird feeling <laughs> and then just like out of nowhere was this there was no one else around was this laugh like this <laughs> and I was like what? what 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 is what is that and we went up to where it so we kind of climbed up the little kind of wall thing to where it had come from and there was no one around I promise you there was no one around no footsteps and I was like okay I need to I need to exit this exit this this trail basically now um and then i didn't think about it and then a couple of months later i there was an abandoned copy of time out i didn't even know they still they still printed it but it was there (laughs) it was on the on the seat next to me on the tube and i was idly flicking through it and it was in this was in october by this point and there was a little feature which was oh you know the 10 10 areas of London you didn't know were haunted. And so I was reading it being like, oh, I'm going to read about haunted things. And one of the items was the Parkland Walk Spraggan, which is this, it's a kind of gargoyle-like imp thing, which is carved into the side of the wall. And it said in this item that people have heard the Spraggan laugh. Mm. Oh my god! And like, yeah, it's probably one of the scariest things that's ever happened to me. That's but kinda... so I'm going to be a Spraggan guy now. Yeah, yeah. That's,
0: that's a good party story. That's genuinely it. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, I'm going to go check that out at some point. I hope nothing happens. <laughs> <anymore>. <laughs> go and look up the uh, <laughs> um, But on that note, we should probably end the show. Uh, so, Annie, thank you so much for coming on and uh, entertaining us and also informing us about uh, the the uh, surprising and quite long history of giant conspiracies. <laughs> um, if people want to hear more about your stuff and they don't already know about QAnon Anonymous and everything, how can they do that?
2: Well, you can follow me on Twitter at AnnieKNK and you can listen to me talk not about giants but about like related weird beliefs uh, at QAnon Anonymous.
0: Uh, and you also do man clan as well uh so check that out that is like uh that i i was on that that's why i'm plugging it i was on that show <laughs> it was really really good uh that's and, true yeah his uh, name
2: came on to man clan to talk to us about taking the god pill which was that's right that episode. is right
0: but it's a great but it's a great series so check it out anyway um phoebe do you want to do your plugs uh
1: yeah sure uh subscribe to my Substack. it's all about ghosts and spragans and now going to be about giants as well uh <laughs> that is com. uh listen to uh my seinfeld podcast listen to my own podcast Oops. find find my stuff and if you want to find me on i'm on blue sky now i don't use it but i'm on there want to find me on blue sky and talk to me about giants then please Feel free to do that within reason. God,
0: I'm on Blue Sky as well. I completely forgot that I'm on yeah, that. I c- yeah, I'm always
1: forgetting. I keep forgetting to check it as well. Yeah, I've, got I've got like got 15- on Blue Sky? Yeah. I haven't even got an invite. Have-
0: Dude, I'll send you I an invite. No- I've got. I-, I think I've got one. I
1: have no oh, urge you. to post. Something has broken. Musk has broken my urge to post. Just- <laughs> I'm learning a new thing.
0: I? <laughs> um, this show is produced by Devon. Follow them at Devon underscore on Earth if you don't already. uh Listen to Kill James Bond if you don't already. Um, and I think, and one, also one final thing, I keep forgetting this at the beginning. Uh, this was a free episode. So thank you for listening to this free episode of 10,000 posts. We have lots of good bonus content on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 10 K post podcast, five bucks a month. You get a lot of, uh, really cool content, uh, book reviews, film reviews, uh, bonus episodes with like fun guests about quite interesting and useful topics. Um, also supporting us means that we can do this show without ads and it means that we can stay editorially independent Two things that we value very very much and would like to continue doing so yeah please consider supporting if you don't do that already i think until next time we'll catch you later bye
1: bye